0: This is Anchor LA, a podcast presenting world headlines, technology news, arts and data, and encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California. Today Wednesday, the 11th of April, 2018. Dozens of people have been killed, including children, during an attack on the Syrian town of Douma. This happening Saturday night, as according to sources, Syrian President Assad's regime carried out the crime, killing at least 42 people by means of chemical warfare on its own citizens. Citizens that were living in one of the last remaining villages that is rebel-held. In other words, against the leadership of the President of Syria and something to bear in mind in the light of this horrible act this was not natural evil this was moral evil and as the briefing with albert moeller put it this was not something that just happened this wasn't an earthquake this was an intentionally murderous act undertaken by a head of government who holds on by dictatorial power and who is so ruthless in holding on to that power that he will kill his own people even using the most despised weapons on Earth. Time will tell how other nations in the world will react to this incident, but at this time it has received almost universal condemnation from nations across the world. In a week already filled with technology news with Facebook and the hearings regarding its improprieties and potential political bias, one technology story may have slipped under the news radar as cell carrier Sprint has resumed talks of a merger with rival T-Mobile. The combined company would have more than 127 million customers and could create more formidable competition for the number one and number two wireless players in the US, Verizon and AT&T, amid a race to expand offerings in 5G, the next generation of wireless technology. According to Reuters news services, the big four wireless providers have been heavily discounting their cell phone plans in a battle for consumers, and consumer advocates fret that a merger of T-Mobile and Sprint could reverse that trend. Sprint's talks with T-Mobile dissolved last November, but a renewal of talks shows that Sprint is eager to make a deal of some sort and seemingly won't take no for an answer. Famous classical guitar player John Christopher Williams was born in 1941 in Melbourne, Australia, to an English father who later founded the London Guitar School and the daughter of a renowned Melbourne barrister. Not only sharing his name with famed film score composer John Williams, but also his passion for music, John Williams the guitar player, was initially taught guitar by his father. And from the age of 11, Williams attended summer music courses in Siena, Italy, and later attended the Royal College of Music in London from 1956 to 1959. He studied piano there because the college didn't have a guitar department, but upon graduation he was invited to create such a department at the college which he accepted and ran for two years. William's first professional performance was at the Wigmore Hall in London in 1958, and since then he has performed throughout the world and has made regular appearances on radio and TV, also commissioning guitar concertos from noted composers such as Stephen Dodson, Andre Previn, and Patrick Gowers. Although Williams is best known as a classical guitarist, he is also a composer and arranger, and has explored many different musical genres. Between 1978 and 1984, he was a member of the fusion group Sky. The John Williams guitar adaptation of the song Cavatina became a worldwide hit single when it was used as the theme tune to the Oscar-winning 1978 film The Deer Hunter. Called by some as the most technically accomplished guitarist the world has ever seen, John Williams' guitar pieces are enjoyed by numerous listeners every year while keeping the classical guitar genre exciting and fresh with his covers and original pieces. As is evident by both history and current event, culture in general has never been friendly to what God teaches in the Bible. In fact, it's counter-cultural to follow God's way or his will as laid out in his word. This is becoming clearer and clearer for most Christians, even clearer in recent years across the world. In Western culture, anti-Christian sentiments are becoming the boldest they have been in several decades even censories in some areas. The educational systems are calling Christian morality bigoted, the governmental systems and judicial courts choose the sexual revolution and agenda over religious liberty, Hollywood and its counterparts alter consumers' moral sympathies from one season to the next, turning them from all traces of even a remotely biblically instilled morality. And across all boundaries, races, and lands, racial hostility continues to rear its ugly head from extremes such as massacres in South Africa to politically-fueled riots in the U.S. So how should a Christian believer respond to this? How should those who follow Jesus Christ and his teachings respond to the anti-Christian sentiments, the call for cultural norms to be redefined into perversions that the one true God hates? As current events seemingly worsen, we ask ourselves how must those who are saved from eternal punishment by Christ's gift of eternal life live out their lives in the light of the prevalent evil, God-hating culture? Although the culture may call churches to conform to its new morality, agendas, or worldview, God calls us as Christians to be holy, to be set apart, sanctified, distinct, this as defined by the Christian Conference Together for the Gospel 2018 which is discussing this very topic and how to answer this question in a biblical, God-focused way. The Together for the Gospel or T4G conference states that making a difference in the culture mandates us to be distinct. It is definitional for Christian discipleship. It's part of the church's mission. Renouncing the world for the sake of the world. Rejecting sin in order to save sinners. As believers in Jesus Christ, Christians are not to take part in the world's godless activities, entertainment, actions, motives, and passions. The Christian Church doesn't need nostalgia. Its goal is not to reclaim the culture, which the true church has never had to begin with. Political posturing is not to be the Christian Church's quest. But neither should we separate ourselves, disappear, and forsake our neighbors, hiding our lights under baskets. Instead, we go out into the world with something otherworldly, a mentality that is not self-seeking a worldview, that is focused on the call of Christ. So how then do Christians respond? As Christians, we respond to cultural chaos with a countercultural new culture, a culture of faith, hope, and love, a culture steeped in the grace of God, shown towards others and teaching the truth of the one true God unashamedly. And amidst times of drastic social change like now, much of our attention needs to be on our churches, the people of God, As 1 Peter 4 says, "...for it is time for judgment, to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God?" In other words, it is far better to endure suffering as the Lord strengthens and refines the church, rather than to endure eternal suffering as an unbeliever in hell. If God judges his church which he loves so painfully, his fury on the ungodly would be inconceivable. The more our culture opposes God and his people, the more the gospel distinctness, the stand for truth, the representation of Christ in our churches, should shine. Opposition to a culture rushing to expunge God from all aspects sets a backdrop for the display of the glory of God in our lives. To paraphrase Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us so that his ways may be known on earth, his saving power among all nations. Christians respond to ominous cultural change by actually being the church that the nations might know the way of God.
1: In 1877, Anglican Bishop J.C. Ryle said in his book, Holiness, I have had a deep conviction for many years that practical holiness and entire self-consecration to God are not sufficiently attended to by modern Christians in this country. Politics or controversy or party spirit or worldliness have eaten out the heart of lively piety in too many of us. The subject of personal godliness has fallen sadly into the background. Sound doctrine is useless if it is not accompanied by a holy life. It is worse than useless. It does positive harm. May we all feel the importance of holiness far more than we have ever done. May our years be holy years with our souls. Whether we live, may we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, may we die unto the Lord. And if he comes for us, may we be found in peace without spot and blameless. 140 years later, Wiles' call to holiness still stands. Thanks for listening to Anchor
0: LA on Twitter at Anchor LA Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor LA, where you can find links and information to various topics we cover on the show. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app with input or suggestions. We'd always love to hear from you. Until next time, from Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor LA.